As Justin has already mentioned, the Bible reading this morning is probably a, a story that is well known to most of us. The account of Jesus' meeting with Zacchaeus is recorded in Luke chapter 19, reading verses 1 to 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hi, it's good to be with you. Um, when you came in, you received a little piece of paper. Does everyone have one of those still? Okay, if you don't have one, you can raise your hand um, and the ushers can bring you a paper. So what I want you to do with this paper, um, you also got a pencil, and I want you to write your name on it. That's it, just write your name right across it, and then just set it down. You can set it on your lap or just set it in front of you. So go ahead and, and yeah, they're passing out those papers. So thanks, good. And then you'll get what it's for later. Okay, you're just going to have to keep it for now. Um, so we've been doing this journey, coming to the table with Jesus. And we all like different types of food. And each of us has a different type of comfort food. We all have our own preferences. And each culture even has a different food preparation. Have you ever read a cookbook in a different language? There are a lot of assumptions there. It's complicated complicated getting diverse people around the same table. Some want bread, others are intolerant. Some are vegetarian, others only meat. And what's more complicated than preference is the size of someone's wallet. A wealthy friend of mine told me that her friends conveniently vanished to the bathroom at the time of paying the check. I didn't respond, but I was cognizant that when we went out to dinner, I often chose cheaper restaurants than she would because it stressed me out knowing I could blow my budget on our dinner or worse, being hoping that she would pay for it. Wouldn't it be easier to eat with people who liked what we liked and had the same means to pay for it? More complicated still, studies show that people with more wealth and status often the more they have, the more they distance themselves from others. Partly, this is because they don't need anything else. They don't even need God, at least for physical comfort. 
What is the good news in our world of wealth inequality? Can we all sit at the same table together? This past month, we have followed Jesus on a journey through the Gospels and been invited to the table with him and by him. These meals are a reminder that Jesus was human. He needed to eat. Meals also brought people together, and they were an expression of God's generosity. And in the book of Luke, meals offer us a place to pause. The meals create a break in the story that conclude previous events, much like a resting place for a traveler to sit down and think over all it is that they have seen. The meal in the house of Zacchaeus is the fourth one in the book of Luke, and it illuminates the stories and the events that have gone before. Today we see the good news proclaimed to Zacchaeus. When Jesus calls to him and his life changes. His life changes first because Zacchaeus is known. He is known and he is accepted. Second, he is invited into friendship with Christ, a friendship that redefines how we relate to one another. And third, he is offered a place in a community that will enrich him, a diverse community that redefines the practice of love and generosity. But to receive this good news requires a faith that holds nothing back. The good news Christ proclaims is the most valuable thing we will own or experience because it is the kingdom of God. No other possession or trip will come close to the life that Jesus offers us. In Matthew 13, Jesus compares the kingdom of God to a treasure that has been hidden in a field. We might imagine a woman stumbles across an unclaimed chest of gold in an empty lot, and it can all be hers if she buys that lot. To buy the lot requires, requires she sells all that she owns, but that is nothing compared to the riches she has found. The woman goes, sells everything, and buys the lot. Now, to anyone watching, this looks crazy. Why would a woman sell her family home for an abandoned lot? It makes no sense at all. This morning's text has something to show us about the treasure that this woman has found. As Jesus is leaving Jericho, Zacchaeus stands among the crowd, waiting for him along the road. He hopes to catch a glimpse of Jesus before he leaves town. He wants desperately to see, but he can't. Zacchaeus is too short, and the crowd gets in his way. No one is letting this guy push to the front. Determined Zacchaeus doesn't sigh and go home, he problem solves. He knows where the road is leading, and he runs ahead, and he climbs a sycamore tree. Alone and perched above his neighbors, he is separated from his community, and we can see him for the outsider and outcast that he is. But before you feel sorry for Zacchaeus, let's remember there is a good reason no one likes him. He is the tax collector of tax collectors, a man with no friends. Levi at least had the friendship of other tax collectors but likely Zacchaeus doesn't even have that. 
he may very well extort tax collectors just as much as anybody else. I imagine Zacchaeus like a short mob boss with his two muscle men on either side of him. He's a little man with lots of power and influence and wealth. I don't know where his muscle men are on that particular day, but he is alone, and the crowd is separating him from Christ. But Jesus overcomes obstacles, and he will search until he finds what he is looking for. As he comes close to the tree, he looks up. He can always spot the treasure overlooked in plain sight. Jesus sees Zacchaeus perched between the leafy branches and knows exactly who he is and what he has done, and he accepts him. Jesus loves him. Jesus calls to him, and in an instant, he is known and received. Like all of us, Jesus welcomes him, sinful and self-centered. He is called just as he is. And this is our first point. We are seen. Zacchaeus is called and known by Christ. Jesus understands what he has been through and how life has shaped him. In other words, Jesus knows his name. Names in the Bible convey identity. A name communicates where someone is from, it reveals their character and where they belong. Jesus calls him by name, and when Zacchaeus hears his voice, he recognizes him. This is true for you and me as well. When Jesus calls to us, there is a mutual recognition. His voice will cut through all the other noises. In John 10, Jesus says, the sheep hear his voice and he calls them by name and he leads them out. When he calls to you, you are set free. You will know he is the Christ and he will know you are one of his own. At Jesus' voice, something stirs deep within us because we are seen and we are welcomed. When you are known and embraced like that, you are walking on holy ground. At his voice, joy and hope awakens in Zacchaeus, and he can't let it pass him by. At the calling of his name, everyone in the crowd looks at Zacchaeus, and their bewilderment turns to horror when Jesus says, Hurry up, come down. I'm going no further. I'm coming to your house tonight. And a chorus of, ob of objections erupts. Shock ripples through the crowd. How can this be when Zacchaeus is so bad? How could Jesus extend an invitation to him? Their disapproval becomes outrage as the social order pushes back at the impossibility of such an alliance. Good and bad cannot sit at the table together. The invitation is surprising because Jesus knows Zacchaeus is selfish and he offers him nothing in return. And yet, Jesus wants to be at his table. Christ's unwavering love calls his name and when it does, Zacchaeus recognizes Jesus is the Lord of the universe. No one else can afford to love like that, afraid of nothing to lose, in need of nothing to gain. Zacchaeus jumps down shouting, behold, Lord, using the Greek word kyrios. He recognizes Christ is the supreme authority. 
welcomed by the Lord of all, he is undaunted by the scrutinizing crowd and blurts out, I will give it up. Half of what I own I will give to the poor, and if I have stolen from anyone else, I will pay it back four times over. This is truly a man who has encountered the Messiah and been changed. We are changed when Christ recognizes us and calls us to come out. Because he calls, we are set free. This morning we recognize in his awesome power there is freedom which gradually transforms our lives in beauty as we become like him. This change happens in us as we steadily respond to Christ's call and we come to the table. This is our second point. Jesus' invitation to the table is an invitation to friendship. This table extends to each of us when we hear him speak our name. Jesus invites us to the table and calls us from a place of anonymity to being known, out of loneliness and into friendship, from exclusion to belonging. He calls us to the table by name because Jesus has prepared a place for us. Jesus is on a journey to invite us all to the table. As the host, Jesus has set a place for us. Robert Ferrer Capone, in his book, The Supper of the Lamb, describes the care taken in setting the table when he writes, we sit in real and esteemable places, marked with the most precious and intimate device we have, our names. Christ calls us to the table because he wants us there. At his table, we discover we are truly known and not rejected. But even more, he invites us to the table because that is where our friendship with Christ begins. Capone continues, to ask a man to the table, to ask a man to break bread with you, is to extend friendship, to proclaim in love that you want not his, but him. It is at Christ's table that he provides, and we are called in love because of who we are. For, not for what we can do, not for what we can offer. This is the most powerful gift of friendship we will ever receive. Jesus is the first friend that does not need or want anything from you. A friend that will forgive Forgive all of us for all the wrong we do. His love sets us free and accepts us just as we are. Often stuck and wounded, he did not go out looking for the best and the brightest. Jesus wasn't searching for the friend that could write him the cleverest ad campaign or get him the best real estate deal. Jesus' friendship does not seek personal interest. It is not Zacchaeus' wealth or power that moves Jesus. It is because of who he is, a son of Abraham, a man of faith who climbs a tree in hopes that from up there he will find the treasure he has been looking for his whole life, the treasure to be accepted, loved, and redeemed. 
I can tell you about one friendship that has shaped my life. When, um, when my family was, when I was just starting high school, was when they returned to church. And I had been a Christian and had a relationship with Jesus, but I'd never had extended fellowship. And I didn't have any Christian friends at school, and I was way too intimidated to join the youth group at this new church. It was a big group, and the church was in a wealthier part of town, and it was so daunting. And I didn't feel like I belonged. So finally, after four years, my senior year, I decided I was going to do it. I was going to go to the youth group. And I was there for a few months, and nobody spoke to me. And then one day, a girl ran up to me, and she said, hey, I played water polo against you. (laughs) And with that, she became my friend. She's still one of my best friends. She had grown up in the church. She had a lot of belonging. She was very rooted. And all of that she shared with me. Her friendship took me from waiting on the doorstep to sitting down with her at the table. She welcomed me into a Christian community for the first time where I found care and support and mentorship. And it changed my life. And so that's why, especially for our youth, it's so important that we invest and and help them make good friendships. But all of us can become a friend like that, a friend that welcomes others into the community. Each of us can be that person for someone because Christ's friendship also changed everything for Zacchaeus. Jesus welcomes him, offering friendship and a restored place in society. And our third point Christ welcomes us into a community that enriches us. Our friendships will deepen and flourish when we care for others with the love that we have been cared for. When Jesus offers Zacchaeus a place at the table, he welcomes him into community. There is a rich intentionality to Jesus' guest list and where they are seated. It stands to reason that Jesus has the table in mind with each disciple that he calls. He knows Peter will be at Levi's table, and then later they will be hosted for a meal with Mary and Martha. Sharing bread and wine, Jesus will dine with business professionals and blue-collar workers together. Jesus is expectant of the conversations that will arise, the jokes that will be made, the side comments that will slip out, Jesus knows who will be at each person's side as they process the day. Jesus understands that while sitting at the table, they are shaped by each other, and they are transformed by their shared life together. Christ's table is not a random collection of strangers. It is purposeful, enriching each guest and bringing them into friendship together. At the table, sitting shoulder to shoulder, We are not only called into friendship with God, but we are restored to one another. Capone describes the intentionality of the host's attentive care in sitting us together when he says, a good host places Martha beside Harry, not out of whim or loneliness, but because in his host's loving regard, he is Harry and she is Martha, and that is where they belong. As host, the Father places us beside each other because we are enriched in relationship. 
No one knows where we belong more than Jesus. Throughout our lives, God calls us to communities of people different than ourselves. And nowhere is this more clear than in the church. A church that welcomes rich and poor, young and old, black and white. Jesus brings us together not to reinforce the status quo, but to enrich us and to challenge us as we grow in discipleship and become people that extend our understanding of friendship beyond commonality and reciprocity. To take these relationships seriously means to give without expecting the same in return. It means learning to forgive as Christ forgives us and to be forgiven. Zacchaeus says yes to Jesus because he grasps the value of the treasure which is knowing Christ and his friendship. He gives everything up because there's only life in abundance at the table with Christ. A table where the crowd will no longer be a hindrance to drawing close, rather a community used by God to live into his kingdom. That night, in the town of Jericho, the kingdom of God had arrived. The abundance of Zacchaeus' table was laid out for Jesus and his friends, and for the first time, Zacchaeus' neighbors as well. Behold, Lord, half of my goods I will give to the poor. They sat down together to celebrate over what was lost that had been found. No one was left out. The crowd that judged Zacchaeus harshly is the first to share in his wealth. It is shocking when the social order is turned upside down and wealth and friendship are redefined. Luke is giving us a foretaste of what is just getting started through the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. Soon, not only individuals will be responding to Christ's invitation, but whole communities Luke describes the inbreaking of the kingdom in Acts 4, saying, Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possession, but everything they owned they shared in common. It is mind-blowing how a community is transformed as they share at the table, grow in friendship, and reimagine the relationship between rich and poor. This vision of the community around the table is why the Father sent Jesus to go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in, that the Father's house may be full. Jesus is searching. He is looking for his guests, and many turn down the invitation. They fail to see the treasure as they walk through the abandoned lot. Kicking the ground, they comment, it is only scrap metal and dirt. Let today be the day that we stop spending our money on what is not bread and our hard-earned cash on what will not satisfy. Let's eat only the best and feast on only the finest. Let's draw close and hear Christ's life-giving words. He is offering us lifelong friendship and a love that never ends. And nothing else will come close to that. Since joining FBC, I have been at many wonderful tables and had lots of wonderful conversations. 
and a lot of um, special moments come to mind. A few weeks ago, I was at a friend's table, and her granddaughter actually wrote out our names for us and had it at our plate. So I've had you do that today for yourselves. You'll see your name is there. This morning, Christ has invited you here. Jesus has set a place for you at his table. He knows you. He knows what this week has been like for you. He knows what you are holding on to. He knows what you are holding back. And he calls your name and he sets you free. He calls you into a friendship with him. And he wants to care for you and provide for you. No strings attached. He has called you here with this community, with this person to your right and this person to your left. You are here at the table together. And you are called into friendship so that we may enrich each other through grace and be people living into his kingdom. So let's take a hold of this kingdom together and hold nothing back. I'll end with a prayer. Thank you, Father, for your invitation into friendship. Thank you that you sent Jesus to come looking for us. Thank you for your love that embraces us, that cares for us, that provides for us. Thank you for this friendship. Thank you for being invited to the table with you and with one another. Pray you be with us today. You've been listening to the First Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. For more sermons and information about our church's services and programs, please visit firstbc.org.